I'm pleased to be able to come and share the Word of God with you again tonight. And I'd like to read three special scriptures, and I hope if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to them. The first one is in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 11, I think it is. Acts chapter 1... Reading from verse 4, Jesus is up on the mountain with his disciples and we read in verse 4, being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should... uh, uh, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptised with water, but you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time... Restore the kingdom to Israel. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Now when they now when he had spoken these things, while they beheld he was taken up, and a cloud received him from their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men came and stood by them, which also said to them, Men of Galilee, why are you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will so come again in the very same way in which you have seen him go. Matthew chapter 17, reading from verse 1. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John, his brother, uh, took Peter, James and John, his brother, brought them up on a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his raiment became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you will, let us make three tabernacles or dwelling places or booths, 
some versions have it, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him, or listen to him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus touched them and said to them, Arise and do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus only. Now as as they came down from the mountain... Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Then Jesus answered and said to them, Elijah truly is coming first, and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they choose. Likewise, to the son, they will also... uh, they were going to do the same uh, injury to the son. I'm just finding it a little difficult to read. Sorry. Uh, and, and then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. When he said to them, Elijah has already come, uh, and, and said what he did about that, uh, they understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. One more reading, folks. I hope you can bear with me. In in um, Ephesians chapter 2, reading from verse 1, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit which now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the others." But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he he raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, 
that in the coming ages he might show his mighty power and the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, faith that is, not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. God will bless those portions to his word. In the first reading, in Acts chapter 1, we have the glorified Son seated at the right hand of the Father. In the second reading, on the transfiguration of these three disciples, they are given a glimpse, as it were, of the glory of the Son. And our reading in Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, is the Christian's response, or the believer's response, to the glorified Son. In Acts chapter 1, Luke records the ascension of our Lord Jesus. What a wonderful event! Jesus takes his disciples up to the Mount of Olives and after reminding them of the promised Holy Spirit, he was taken up and a cloud received him from their view. Just imagine the thoughts running through their minds. He's gone. What do we do now? Well, he said he would return to the Father. We were not expecting him to go this way. We won't see him again on this earth. But he did say he would not leave us alone, didn't he? Yes, he promised another helper, the Holy Spirit. And he said to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And folks, this is exactly what they did. The ascension of our Lord Jesus does not mean that he is gone. He is indeed the glorified Lord, exalted to the Father's right hand, but we must always remember that he is always present with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you alone, he promised his disciples. I will come to you. I will be with you always, even to the consummation of the age or the end of the age. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And as Christians, we also can be assured today, and not only today, but every day of our lives that he is with us. For we too have received the promised 
Holy Spirit. And as we face each new day, we are assured of his abiding presence. That is wonderful, isn't it? He is not away from us, but he is present everywhere where God's kingdom reigns. He dwells in the midst of his people, the scripture teaches. And if you are a believer, he is present with you now. In the account of the transfiguration, Peter, James and John are given a glimpse, as it were, of the glory of the Son of God. And it's interesting to note that John, in his Gospel, in the first few verses, he mentions this account by when he says, The word Jesus became flesh. And he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And it's amazing that Peter, in his second letter, chapter 1, verses 16 to 18, he enlarges so much on this event, he, sa- he writes, We did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honour and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he adds, we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. In the vision, the three disciples saw the glory of God. Moses and Elijah were also seen with him. They were representing the law and the prophets. Luke tells us that they were speaking of our Lord's departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter made a mistake by wanting to make a, a booth or a tabernacle or dwelling place for each of them. One for Jesus and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And as a cloud descended on the mountain, Moses and Elijah just disappear. And Jesus is alone with the three disciples as the cloud also disappears. Peter had to learn what was needed was the presence of Jesus alone. And we have to learn that lesson sometimes, folks, don't we? 
what is most important is the presence of Jesus alone and that's what he had to learn uh, and attention to his voice also as a voice from the heavens declared this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hear ye him or listen to him the transfiguration marks a very important stage in the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Here his glory is shown, not just through his deeds like his miracles and other special things that happened through his life on earth, but in a more personal way. The glory denotes, if you like, the royal presence. For the kingdom of God, we read, is in the midst of his people. There are features about uh, this account which have significance from the Old Testament. Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets witnessing to the Messiah and being fulfilled and superseded by him. Each of them had a vision of God on a mountain. Moses on Mount Sinai and Elijah on Mount Horeb. And each of them left no known grave. The law of Moses and the coming of Elijah are mentioned together in the closing verses of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The cloud symbolises the covering of the presence of God. Exodus 24, 15 we read, Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud came and covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses, God called to Moses, out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And Elijah had a similar experience. Uh, he, he uh, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, he was thirsty, and we read in 1 Kings 19 that he arose and he ate and he drank 
and he went in the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. That, that's just interesting, uh, the, the, the way uh, these men experienced God in a very special way. A cloud also receives Christ from the disciples' presence at the ascension. And his return is going to be with clouds. Revelation 1.7 Behold, he comes with clouds and every eye will see him. They also who pierced him and all kindreds of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And in the transfiguration, the Old Testament shows us how Christ fulfills it, and it looks forward to the great events of the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, and the second coming. Our passage in Ephesians chapter 2, folks, brings home to us the glorious fact that through God's wonderful grace, you and I have been given not only a new life, but a new way of living. The old way was ruled by the prince of the power of the air, and this involves everyone, rich or poor, young or old, and we don't have a choice. We participate in a way of life that is orientated to one thing, disobedience. And as we have no hope, or rather, we have no hope whatever of escaping from this state of affairs. We are without God, the scripture says. It also says we are without hope and we are separated from our God. But even though we are incapable of escaping this old way of life by our own efforts, Jesus Christ comes and he saves us through his life, death and resurrection, bringing to us a new way of living. Isn't that wonderful news? To know that he has brought to us salvation, full and free. Yes, God takes the initiative and he brings us out of our predicament. The ascension of Jesus, that moment when he returned to the Father, brought about a new existence for all who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. In the old life, we are blinded to the truth. In the new life, 
we in the new life Jesus opened our eyes to new truths and new dynamics of existence that's something to really give thanks for is it not that's why we can enjoy as believers a, a new existence in him, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, as he writes to the Ephesians, reminds us that we are now, believers, we are now seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I, I think that's a wonderful thought. Don't think that the heavenlies is that Jesus is way up there and we are way down here. But think of the heavenlies, folk, as anywhere where God's kingdom reigns, where God is powerfully at work and we are there in Christ. Isn't that something to praise God for? I think it is. We as believers, we are in Christ and we are in him forever. What does it mean to be in Christ? It means that we are no longer dominated by sin and evil, but raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. We are no longer disobedient. We are empowered by the Father through the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives us to live like his Son, our Lord and Saviour. And because we have the Holy Spirit, folks, Jesus is here now and each day of our lives. Look again at, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. For it is by grace, God's wonderful grace, that you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, uh, lest anyone should boast. For we, as believers, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God before ordained, that we should live or walk in them. And all this takes place through and because of Jesus Christ. He is a central focus in this new way of living. We are challenged today when we realise that we, God's people, are to reflect the glory of God in our life's experience. For it is the glory of the new covenant. The new covenant, 2 Corinthians 3, 
9 to 18. For if the ministry of condemnation, that is the law, had glory, the ministry of righteousness, which you and I as believers uh, experience, exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no effect in, in this respect because of the glory that at excels. For if what was passing away, the old law, was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Since we have hope, therefore, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the end of what was passing away, for their minds were hardened. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, that is the Old Testament laws, etc., a veil remains on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I love this verse. But we all, we all, that includes you and me and every other believer, we all with unveiled face, beholding just like in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed from one degree of glory to another, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Both Paul in Romans chapter 8, uh, uh, both Paul in Romans chapter 8 and Peter in his first letter reminds us that those who suffer with Christ share in his glory. Romans 5, 1, 5 to 9. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now may the God of peace sanctify you wholly, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, who will also do it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ 
the love of God our Heavenly Father and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and always. Amen. Shall we just bow in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we are lost in wonder, love and praise for all that you have done for us and for all that you mean to us and for your blessed Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, we just give you thanks and praise tonight and we thank you for his abiding presence with us as believers. Help us to be more like Jesus day by day as we experience this new life which he has given to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.